Hi there, I'm Bree. I'm Burr. And welcome to the Creepcast with Bree and Burr. We're a podcast that tells you spooky stories, folklore, and mythology that don't make sense. If you have any suggestions for these crazy tales, you can email us at the.creep.cast18 at gmail.com. We also have Twitter. You can find us at castcreep, both C's are capital. Yes, queen. We're also on the gram, Instagram. It's at the Creepcast, all lowercase. We also have Facebook, like everybody else in your grandparents, which is the Creepcast with Brian Burr. We're also on TikTok because we're hip, we're cool, we're with it. Funky it's fresh. at the Creepcast, all lowercase. <laughs> and we also have a website which tells you all the magical things, which is the Creepcast.podbean.com. Thanks again. It was many years ago. It was eons ago, you see. Back when the world was new. Sorry, I'm on a Hercules kick now. <laughs> But on that note, well, welcome back to the Creepcast. Yes. Don't anyway. judge us. Hi there, I'm Bree. I'm Burr. And welcome back to the Creepcast, where... Part two. We just don't give a fuck. <laughs> Hercules all the time. You thought we were talking about a horror movie? Hercules could be considered a horror movie. I mean, if they were actually correct, and because Zeus and Hera didn't have Zeus. Yeah, that wasn't... I mean, hey, spoiler alert, that's not her baby. Right? And she know it, not her baby. And she tried to kill Mofo. Which, I mean... Fuck it, yo. Mm-hmm. Hera's a jealous bitch. But yep. also Zeus Whoa. is a hoe. He yeah, is a hoe. Say, like, and he made it so if she did anything wrong, you could tell. But like I was just like, bitch, you the hoe. I would have literally just been like, you know what? Murder is acceptable at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's your time to go, motherfucker. But that's just me. I'm petty but and spiteful. The the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like low-key metal. Except Wait, don't you mean it's raining men? It's raining men. Yeah, but like literally men and they're dying. I mean, that's the bodies <laughs> at the floor. That's the joke. I know. I love that meme where it's like, it's all about perspective. Well, it literally is. Because fuck that shit. It's mm-hmm. raining men, you're looking up. Bodies at the floor, you're looking down. Huh. It's not bad. <laughs> that was fun. Anyways. But yeah, so... But for realsies, onto this horror, horror film. Horror. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Emo stuff. Rar. God. I remember like doing that, and I was like, I hate myself. As soon as I sent it, because well, one anxiety, and two, I'm like internally, this is so dumb. Anyways, mm-hmm. but on this week's topic, we're talking about another horror movie we watched. Going into more of a found footage route. Mm-hmm. We were talking about The Devil's Doorway. Which is on Hulu at yes. the moment. And it is a 2018 Irish film. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be, like, based in... Let's see. When it's got to be, like... When did the nuns have frills? The 70s? I think so. Because they had certain kind of or smart Or 60s. Because they had a camera. Yeah. And they're just like, with this new technology... We actually could get I know. It. It's like literally the whole power team of mm-hmm. young priests who's all still like, I love Jesus. And then the battle-ridden older priest that's like, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. But I'm a good man of my faith. Yes. And Father Thomas and the patriarchy. Father John? Yes. Okay. But yes. So, as we've already said, we've kind of described the two main characters, but I'll go into the synopsis. The synapsis. Ahem. <clears throat> I love that shit so much. So in October 1960, that's when it was set. Maybe if I just looked at the notes. 
I mean, we weren't wrong. We said around that time. Yes. So 1960, two Irish Roman Catholic priests, Father Thomas Riley and Father John Thornton, white-ass names, but okay. <laughs> well, they were white. So. I, well, yes, I know. Uh, are sent to investigate a reported miracle at a remote, hold on, Magdalene Laundry. There we go. I was like, that looks so funny from far away. Magdalene Laundry. However, the two priests soon discover something horrific and sinister at the laundry. Not the sheets. No. I don't know. This is only 300 count when it says 1,000. I don't know. <laughs> I swear I got it. It was yogurt. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, the conceit of the film is that Father Thornton, as part of his work for the Vatican, recorded his experiences at the laundry on his film camera. And the Devil's Doorway is merely the footage shot by him, which has been hidden in the Vatican until now. Yes. You really think that's all the Vatican hiding? There's way more important shit, but okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of the two priests, the older father, Riley, is disillusioned in his work as a miracle investigator for the Vatican, complaining that he has seen far too much fraud over the years, while the younger father, Thornton, is a zealous priest who believes that they will find a miracle. Of course he would. Young and naive and stupid. Stupid. I'd just be like, shut, shut up. Shut up. You know what you're talking about. Go back to your room. Yeah. Satan... Anyways, um, so the autocratic mother superior of the laundry makes it clear that neither priest is welcome, while mm -hmm. both priests come to object how the women imprisoned in the laundry are being mistreated and used as slave labor. <clears throat> the ladies there, by the way, are mentally ill, prostitutes, unwed mm -hmm. mothers, orphans, and something else. I think that's it. Mentally ill, prostitutes, unwed mothers, and then, yeah, orphans. Yeah. So pretty much... Every other woman that just yeah, if you're not married, if you're not over, married, yeah. you're pretty much here. You're fucked. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're thirty and without a husband. Welcome to and the laundry. And you're pregnant or something like welcome here. Yeah, you're fifteen, pregnant, and you're not married. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah, so basically, yeah, and they're like super fucked up to these women. It's not like you know, oh, you know, you're absolving your sins. They're like literally like beating the fuck. Out of these yeah, bitches. Yeah, one started singing something. It wasn't an appropriate song Well, either, I think. it might have been for that time period. We just don't know. Yeah, and like, she quite literally smacked her to the like, face. Like, to the floor. To the floor. And she's like, I'm so sorry, sister. Oh, no, And then mother. she's like, go to mother. my office. And she, and then she goes off. to get up, and she's like, no, on your knees the whole way. And, and I was like, what kind down. of BDSM bullshit mm -hmm. are you crazy-ass nuns into? Because that's just not right. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, saying that BDSM that is not right, law. but it's like, you know, it's like the Fifty Shades of Grey BDSM. And it was in the... Not accurate and mm. way more scary than it actually is. And it was in the laundry room when that happened? Mm -hmm. Because she's just like, this area is off limits now. Yeah, and she's like, it's off limits. And I'm like, bitch, they wash in clothes. Hi, Janikas. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Janikas. But anyway, so shortly, though... Oh, where was I? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, so it soon becomes apparent to both priests that the laundry is haunted by the ghosts of the children buried within its grounds. Realistically, it's only Father John, though. Yeah, it's Father John. That's, that's the been, only like, tormented. Because, like, yeah. like, literally, he goes to Father Thomas at some point. He's like, oh, my God, you said there's no children here. And he's like, are you drunk? And he's like, what? No. And he's like, did you get into the communion line? No, that's line? the second time it happened. That's what I was saying, yeah. The, the first second time it happened. But he the only time he's gone to Father was that second yeah. time. The first time, nothing. He didn't say anything. No, he played the tape for him the first time. He's like, what is that? And he's just like, I heard it in my room at 3 a.m. And he's like, are you sure it wasn't the women? Yeah. And he's just like, 
why would the mother let but him be up at three? The first he's time he like, like woke him up in the night yeah. to like tell him about it, and, then and he he's was like, just, "Did you get into the, oh, the communion yeah. wine?" And I was like, "Ha!" And he's like, "No," and he's like, "Then you were dreaming," and I was like, "What mm-hmm. the fuck?" <laughs> I would be kind of mad. I'd be way mad. I'd be like, "Listen, motherfucker, I saw some fucked up shit, mm-hmm. and, and I'm a little be scared. Sport. I need you." Uh, so shortly afterwards, so the priest find chained in the basement a 16-year-old girl, Kathleen, a virgin, but pregnant and possessed by a demon. Kathleen O'Brien, right? Yes. Or so they say. Mm-hmm. Also, like, literally, could they have picked an Irish, more Irish name? Yep. Kathleen O'Brien. Like, really? <laughs> Way to get creative. Well, like I said, so that's the general synopsis. So going into the plot where we're going to go into a little more detail. So the film starts off in a cavernous labyrinth. A man calls for a father, Thomas, as the noises of children sound before is approached by an unseen figure. Which is laughing. Yeah. And it's unsettling AF. Mm -hmm. So in October 1960, as mentioned earlier, priest Thomas and John are instructed by the Vatican to visit a Magdalene laundry in Northern Ireland. Where a report of a Virgin Mary statue is said to be bleeding from the eyes in the chapel. So that's why they get sent out. What, you nasty creature? Because it can't be good if you're laughing about bleeding from the eyes. I think it was South Park and they had one of hers bleeding from the fucking anus. (sighs) There it is. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, they were bleeding from the eyes. Not the anus. Dirty birdie. And they also like took blood samples. From the eyes, mm-hmm. like the tears, and like the f- Father John. No, uh, Thomas. Tom. Oh yeah, Thomas was a uh, sit there poking at the the eyes of the marble to statue see if they'd been like tampered with to yeah. see if it had any hidden mechanism in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, once there, the Reverend Mother's Superior reluctantly and defensively brings them in and sets them up with separate lodging in the building. And basically, like, they get there, and she's just like, oh, you've been sent to prank. And they're like, well, we're still going to talk to everyone and get every, you know, all of our information. And she's like, we'll see about that. Yeah. She was pretty, she's pretty C-U-N-T-Y-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were six, uh, they, with 16 millimeter cameras, are requested to film the entirety of their stay and investigation into the proclaimed miracle occurrence. Which, I mean, at this point, they got to think of, there's, like, plenty of miracles, like, reported, but without the use of cameras, could not be, like, given proof. So, like, as cameras are created, they're like, oh, great, we have this opportunity to, like, Mm -hmm. document everything and make sure. So what was this, like, 1920s? No, this is the 60s, 60s, bitch. I know, but, I mean, like, cameras were already invented, though. I know, but, like, you know, maybe it was something the church wasn't utilizing until later. Yeah, that's what they were saying. That's what they also mentioned in... They probably thought it was going to steal people's souls or some shit. In the early early scenes, it said that the, you know, any other documented exorcism of possession and stuff like that was always in a newspaper article. Now that they could utilize this technology, as they said, called it, they're just like, we can actually be the first ones to document something that really happened. Yeah. We have proof. Instead of it coming from an alternate source. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what she said. Um, so where was I? So, 
miracle occurrence. So Thomas, the skeptical aged priest, rebuffs with the younger John as he gathers samples from the chapel's Mary statue. Abuse of the working female patients is documented by the two and brought to argument with Reverend Mother. Over the nights where John is awoken uh, consistently at 3 a.m. by the noises of children laughing and singing in mass, but eventually seeing the apparition of a girl with a clown marionette. Mm-hmm. He brings this to the attention of Thomas, who denies hearing anything as all Mary statues in the building began to bleed from the eyes. Yep. Which is like, that's I'll never know anything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, simultaneously, they all started to bleed because one of the sisters ran in. She's like, Father, Father, the statue's eyes bleeding. He's like, I know, I can see. She's like, No, Father, all the statues. And then they walk through the building and you see every single statue. It was like every pillar in the hallway so it's like every smaller statues feet or mm-hmm. something it's every, like small figures and then at the end ones of every hall there's big ones chapels you know everywhere there's statues and yeah. they're all bleeding at the same time yeah and at that point too like i said it was like really creepy because i've seen this I, I think i've seen this one before but like it's been a while and i totally forgot about the part where like they're in the room and the little girl's like giggling or whatever and then you just see the handprints appear on the fucking curtain oh yeah and she like just bloody. comes fucking darting out and i was like oh sweet baby jesus like mm-hmm. poor austin would have died <laughs> yeah. like it was horrifying but yeah so like we said like all these statues are starting to bleed where was I? Uh, the blood sample is tested against all patients and nuns as it is confirmed to match with an O-positive pregnant woman. So obviously O is a fairly rare-ish type. O-positive, though, is more common than O-negative. Mm-hmm. And the fact, obviously, this woman is pregnant. So it's either could it be someone who's still in the early stages of being pregnant or further along that they don't know about. But, the, like, he was questioning the the mother. What was her name? Reverend Mother? Yeah. And he's just like, she's like, oh, well, you already got the samples. He's like, no, I need all the samples of childbearing age. And she's like, oh, you're not going to get that out of any of these girls. And he's like, not even the sister's mother? And she's just got all defensive. She's like, what are you implying? He's just like, there's no problem. He's like, then there should be no problems and no more uh, intervening. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I want the blood, all the blood samples of every single woman. Yeah, it was, like, super crazy. Because, too, like, earlier on, the Reverend Mother, like, roasts the fuck out of the father, being like, oh, well, you know. Oh, Father John. When Yeah, when they were talking about how the women were abused, she was like, oh, well, you know, you complain about how we treat them, but what about how you treat us? Mm -hmm. She's like, we're the ones that hide these dirty secrets and these things. And, you know, do you know how many of these girls, like, you know, children have fathers? How many of those fathers were fathers? So basically saying priests that couldn't keep their dicks in their pants Mm -hmm. and knocking up girls out of wedlock. Yeah, like, and so it was like this whole thing where it was just like, yeah, that's like shitty, but also do we really need to be beating the women? Yeah. But I get her standpoint on it as well. And Father Thomas even agrees with that where he's just like, yeah, it's the whole pompous, you know, stature of the Vatican where it's like showing this wealth where it's like all this money is coming from the common folk because that's the Mm -hmm. thing is like what's crazy with religions and cults and things like that is that they believe so much that they're willing to just throw their money at it to like help keep it going even though it's like I feel like no true religion would ask for money Mm -hmm. but that's what I just you know say hallelujah preach so going back though to the movie 
Uh, confirm when we have to go positive pregnant woman. So an unseen nun confides in the two about a boarded off patient named Kathleen O'Brien, who they are taken to. Which, yeah, that whole scene was, like, so well done because it's, like, literally you don't see the nun at all. So you don't know, like, which nun it is that told them. So, like I said, it's very, like, ooh. Yeah, they pointed it at a wall or something or a certain hallway. Yeah. And she's just, like, I need that anonymous letter. We're not allowed to talk about this. And, you know. yeah, and she's talking about how, like, I guess if a limb of yours has sinned, you are better off to just cut the limb off than lose your soul. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, but what if my eyes have sinned? Do I just pluck them out of my fucking head? Yeah, and, he, and she didn't say father. that, but you know what I mean. Well, she did. She said, "Pluck thy eyes from my skull," or something. Which, yeah, but I she she didn't include the fucking. Well, nuns yeah. don't be swearing. But like the father's just like no. He's like sometimes in order to do good, we have to do bad. And she's like, but is that justified? He's just like, if it's for the greater good, yes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, and that I you're can't gonna believe get, that. try to fix that. Yeah. No. So super like crazy. So, um, they go to get get taken to Kathleen. She's a young woman in constraints and abused poor condition. And it's like literally they have her chained up in the room and she's like filthy and there's scratch marks and bruises. Yeah, she's sitting on a like really old down like the floor even, yeah. mattress. And it wasn't even like a mattress. It was like a blanket. Yeah. And like so then, you know, animal. the father is like, you know, unchain her. We need to get her taken care of and this whole thing. And then it's like they go to take her out of the room and she forces another nun to do it, which I'm thinking is the nun that said something. I think it was a different. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I just. But know she the mother's was like, just oh, like, she's like, here, I, sister, unlock her. She's like, but mother, she's just like, do it, sister. Yeah. And then she goes to take her out of the room, and like as she's walking to the door, you can see both of her eyes like roll to the back of her head, where you just see the whites of her eyes, and then they roll back, and then she like as soon as they go out, she like freaks out, and then like Bites takes a chunk other, of the yeah. nun's face off. Yeah, it was super crazy. And then they're like, see, she's sick. And then he's like, you need to bring a physician. You need to bring a physician and get her cleaned up and yeah. put into a proper room. So then um, meh, meh, meh. so then she's confirmed by a local physician to be pregnant, seemingly by immaculate conception. So, of course, he's talking about the fact that she's a virgin. Like, he's like, I don't know how, like, it's intact, but obviously she's very pregnant. So they're like, okay, I don't know what's happening here. And, of course, you know, so Father John is all like, oh, my gosh, you know, Virgin Mary, whatever. Whereas, like, Father Thomas is like, I don't know about this. Still skeptic, cat is skeptic. Mm-hmm. So, but as I mentioned earlier, attempts to move her past her room result in violent attacks and soon seemingly demonic possession manifestations. Which, at one point, they're praying together. Yes. And He's then, like, like something happens to the nun. Because, like, you would have thought, like... She starts like, contor- con- contorting. Thank you. Yeah. That's what it was. I was like, I can't remember if it was contorting or if I'm thinking and of something like, else. She's like, make her stop, mother, make her stop, or make her stop, father. And he's just, like, he grabbed the, the nun on the floor, and he's just like, all right, enough is enough. He's just like, stop. Yeah. It was pretty... Pretty wild. And then, um, like I said, and then another point is they're talking to her, and then she starts, like, floating, and she keeps talking in, like, ancient Greek. Yeah. He's just, and how he's do like, you know that? And she's like, yeah. Like, he's like, do you know what you said? And she's like, I know what I said. She's like, but I don't know how I said it. She's like, because mm-hmm. I don't know this language. Super fucked up. And then it, like, hints to, like, I think the baby being, like, a beast or something. Or a demon. I don't know. Like I said. 
Um, so she eventually gives birth to a child and dies during labor, which the doctor mentions due to her condition. She's that was something frail. that was most likely yeah. going to happen. And then Father Tom, uh, John suggests them doing a cesarean section or a C-section. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, the church doesn't consent. agree with yeah. consent to that, which I'm like, but yeah, it's just like, but part of me is like, why the fuck that? Like, how is like doing a C-section so much different than... I don't know. Don't know. It just blows. Catholicism never makes sense to me. Can't do it. Uh, So the baby's taken away as Thomas and John, though, discover a storage space with uh, Grecian satanic setup, which realistically they find this before Before. the baby is born. Like a night or two before the baby's born. Yeah, and then they go to show, like, the Reverend Mother right away. Who's, like, fully dressed when they knock on the door. And I was like... And then she makes the snarky because the father brings it up. He's just like, well, you're already dressed. And she's like, do you really think I'm going to open this door in my nightgown with two men roaming around the chapel yeah. right now? And I was like... Which I'm like, fair, but also, like, are you really full on sleeping in yeah. full clothes? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um. So, but like I said, they find that. And then when they go to show the mother, like, it's already disappeared. So upon attempting to bring the Reverend Mother to this room, um, as they mentioned, the room is clear as an apparition of a boy appears to John. Thomas and John then discover a concealed crawl space into a large cavern system. So this is while they're trying to find the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so containing the bones of infants and toy memorabilia, including the marionette. In the caves, as satanic ritual setups are uncovered, a nun figure slits John's throat. Thomas proceeds on to a main ceremony altar where the blanket for a baby reveals nothing. Inside, he is then stabbed numerous times by a white-eyed reverend mother, welcoming home with etched markings on her forehead. Like she was wearing the crown of thorns. Kind yeah. Of etched marks. Which also, though, if she's, like, welcoming him home, because he ends up revealing, so there are plenty of, like, personal conversations between Thomas and John, and, you know, John was asking Thomas, like, why he became a priest, and he's like, oh, because, you know, my mother's, you know, my older brother, the doctor, was my mother's favorite, Mm -hmm. and so I did this, and then it later is revealed that he actually doesn't know his mother, or if he even has a brother. Because he was an orphan. Yes. And it's just like, then, you know, John was, like, here, and he's like, I don't know, I haven't checked the records. He's like, I will, you know, one day. Yeah. Which he very viably could, which is why I'm like, part of me is like, well, maybe that's why he was brought there. To be made sacrifice, which is super fucked up. But while they're in the tunnel, too, he does pick up one of the toys and cranks it. Mm -hmm. He's just like, this is so familiar to me, and I don't know why. Yeah, the jack and box. And he places it back down. So, like you said, I just feel like there could have been a better understory to it because too mind you this movie is like an hour and 16 minutes long yeah it is not a very long horror movie if anything it's a lengthy miniseries episode yeah yeah but so like i said i feel like they tried to cram a lot into one episode because they spent so much time one movie yeah it's, it literally literally it that's what i'm saying it's like it was so much like an episode i'm calling an episode instead mm-hmm. of a movie but like i said i think if they would have given it more time Given more scenes to breathe a little bit better. Yeah. It could have very much like those satanic discovery scenes could maybe come earlier in the movie. And, you know, same with like the girl, like spending a little more time on that instead mm-hmm. of like periodically bouncing back and forth between it. So it's definitely very interesting. I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was bad. It wasn't like. It could have done more. Yeah. But, like like it was you said, and that's, I feel watch. like the complaint I have with a lot of horror movies is that they rush through things mm-hmm. and they don't give the film enough time. Yeah. And, you know, just like, you know, I liked the Snyder cut of Justice League because 
there was more time to develop more characters where sometimes I feel like a lot of characters are sold short. Yeah. Or there's just like backstory that happens too quickly and you're like, wait, what? The devil is here now? Like what? Because mm-hmm. it could have easily just been like some nuns being fucking assholes. Yeah. Not saying that nuns are assholes, but you know, in this case. So, um, like I said, so that's like I said, our kind of watching and then I'm going to go into production a little bit because I think there's like some interesting like backstories about Magdalene laundry so like I want to like read a little bit more about this because it's very much it's something I've never heard of not saying like I'm super well versed in Irish history but like I feel like it's really interesting to dive into this because it's something that you know Mm -hmm. may not be well known whereas like you know the Holocaust concentration chant you know, camps are well known, even though there's still people that try to like, you know, deny it because they're fucking idiots, whatever. Right. Or the Japanese Holocaust camps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that happened where in the U S instead, which was still fucking terrible. Yeah. Just gets me heated. So like I said, we're going to go into some production. So Clark stated in an interview that she was wanted to publicize the horrors of the Magdalene laundries in Ireland, saying, I had my son when I was 17, which was the year after the last Magdalene laundry closed. People think these places existed a very long time ago, but that was 1997. The last one had closed in 1996. I was 17 and unmarried. I could have been in one of the circumstances had, if circumstances had been different. Uh, she stated that Magdalene laundries, where women were essentially worked as slave labor for the Catholic Church, were not in uh, aberration in Irish life, saying everyone knew, so you had nowhere to turn. Every person was complicit in a way, because everybody knew that they were there and what was happening. So girls could be plucked out of the schools and sent to these places. That was the direct result of the Catholic Church apparatus, which created a situation where vulnerable people could be exploited for so long. Which is very much, um, I don't want to say, like, reminiscent of, but, like, it's a very similar situation to, like, the teen, like, attitude or behavioral, like, troubled teen Mm -hmm. camps. Because I was just listening to an episode about that not too long ago, and it was, like, super fucked up. Like, these places would be, like, having children, like, fight each other and, like, beat each other to death as, like, parts of therapy. And, like, you would benefit if you told on someone for, you know, um, you know, misbehaving or trying to sneak out and escape. And so the person who twaddled would benefit. And they would, like, set up traps where you think you'd have a friend and then that person would then be feeding information. So like I said, it's very like, huh. And again, those are ones that like that ended not too long ago. Um, So in another interview, though, Clark stated that the Magdalene laundries are only one aspect of the terrible things that happened in Irish Catholic society. They were symptoms of the church slash style app. Uh, state apparatus, the combination of the two things created mechanism. That's part of what the film is about for me. Even if Lalore, uh, as Father Thomas, wants to be a good priest and a good man, and that's what he wants to be, that's impossible within the system and within the society. It's the same with the nuns. Not all nuns are bad. There is a good nun who sends a letter out, and she does want to do right by her faith. But everyone becomes a cog in the greater mechanism, and no one person can really make any huge changes. Which I feel like states like so much to that, like, 
you know, where it's like, you still just want to be a good person, but how these things are phrased and how these things are quoted and twisted in a way that it's just almost impossible to you for you to meet that level of good humanity without super fucked up shit. I don't know. Like I said, I feel like watching the movie, you don't get this, but like hearing like this backstory added to it and mm-hmm. learning more about Magdalene Laurie's or Magdalene Laundries, that it really like opens up the depth of this movie. Yeah. So I wish there was like more coverage to that instead of that little blurb where it's just like Magdalene Laundries is where, you know, mentally ill and prostitutes and young mothers without, you know, being mm-hmm. married to the fathers of the child would go. Yep. Everyone who's not married. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where it's just like, ugh. So Clark, though, who lives in Northern Ireland and is active in the theater, recruited most of the actors from her own work in the theater. About the casting of Roddy in the lead role, Clark said, uh, Clark said Lalore, who plays the lead father, Thomas, is the only one who didn't come through the process. We had been looking to cast a little younger, but somehow the script had fallen into his hands, and he just got in touch and asked to read for it, having seen the script somewhere. I invited him to my office. He auditioned there, and then he was Father Thomas. Lalore had lived through all of the social upheaval in Ireland through the 60s and 70s and was full of the righteous anger that the priest needed. Like Helena, he was just perfect off the bat. Which I love that. Like, I feel like I love when it's like filmmakers are like, I have this thing pictured in my head. And then they get someone that's like the complete opposite. And it's just like, no, this is so much better. Like, oh, that's just. Chef kiss. Yes. Oh, my God. Take the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) So about the filming, Clark stated the whole experience was different. I made shorts before and I've worked in a theater a lot. But making a feature is different. So probably why it kind of leaned more towards the shorter side. Okay. We had about 16 days to shoot on a tiny budget, very little lead in our development time. We just had to do it. The sort of all-encompassing focus that helps you work through so many consecutive hours with little to no sleep. And leading a team of a dozens of people is an, a, a, dozens of people is an intense feeling. But I learned that this is where I thrive. In fact, I learned there that the set is my favorite place to be, and I can't wait to get on to the next one. She was stated that expensive productions like Game of Thrones that had been filmed in Ulster had vastly improved the technical skills of film crews in Northern Ireland, making it possible to depict the film's low budget to bring in a very polished and professional production. Uh, Roddy himself appears in the first season of Game of Thrones in a second episode, The King's Road, as, King's Road, as the assassin who tries to kill Bronn Stark. Okay. Fun fact. Which I kind of also love that because, again, we all know how big Game of Thrones is. So that someone who is like this character in this movie where it's just like you wouldn't think of and then, you know, plays like that small little role. I love it. And that's when Bran Stark was in a coma. Yes. Because he fell out of the tree because he saw incest happening and he was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. This is not good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We definitely, like, I definitely feel like we should hit, like, production more when we start talking about movies just because it's, like, cool to learn all these, like, little backstories and fine details where, like I said, learning more about Magdalene Laundries makes me, like, appreciate the movie more. And then finding out that it's, like, literally shot in 16 days, no wonder it was, like, shorter and low budget. So it's, like, I guess I've gained a little bit more of appreciation for it. Oh, indeed, yeah. But I feel like as someone who didn't know anything about it, I was like, hmm. 
Well, I mean, you can literally hear the shift in topic change, though, because like in the beginning, I'm like, eh, I don't know. And then at the end, I'm like, there's so much beauty in this artwork in such a small time frame. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I'm just I just view movies differently. Like people will be like, eh, this movie sucks. And I'll be like, but here's like all the finite like positive points to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Also watched Kong versus Godzilla. That shit was legit. A little too much people time, but who cares? I got my epic Godzilla King Kong battle. Plus other things, because I don't want to spoil it. Yes. And fucking Mortal Kombat tomorrow, y'all. Better be fucking good, or I'm going to be really upset. But it's only like it. two hours long, so I'm a little concerned. I'm not saying it had to be the whole four hours, but like three. Yeah, I was telling my buddy why, about that. I was like, I don't know. Why do you need three hours? Because it is a mass group of characters being Mm-hmm. introduced and mind you some of the like more evil characters or whatever don't need as much of a backstory but in order to root for a hero you need to have some more depth to their personality yeah ah, it's I, mortal combat i mean in mortal combat the original one it was like that it wasn't three hours it, was it wasn't three, three hours but you still got a backstory to it yeah but i know but they but it was rushed like two, no regardless I was telling my buddy who was all who's also going to go see it, and he's just like, "Oh, it's going to be great!" You know, he's like, "I'm so excited." I was like, "Well, let me know how it goes because I need my cheesy original one." And he's just like, "He's like, would you really classify that as cheesy?" And we both just thought about it and like burst out laughing. And we're just like, "Oh yeah, yeah. No, the first one." <laughs> Mind you, the second one was way worse. Yeah, but the first one's got enough on. camp hamminess, and like I said, I still have my text message tone as "finish him, finish him." Because it brings me joy. I also had at one point where it just screams Mortal Kombat. That went off one time in a hair salon. I love it. Super awkward. Mortal Kombat. And their girl was like, what was that? I was like, oh, sorry. It's my phone. No one knows. Cool. I hate this place. I remember. This house is a prison. Oh. I would have kept it. Just been like, the greatest game ever. Yeah. Get. <laughs> the stops. I will always love the times we will drove into downtown Naperville, wherever fucking town we went into, and we would blast the techno version of oh, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh, you yeah. mean the normal version of Mortal Kombat? No. The normal version is pretty much techno. Still. It was great. Yeah. We used to listen to all sorts of crazy shit on blast. That I'm on a boat. I just had sex. Lion King. Yes, Lion King. <laughs> We had many adventure in our vehicle. Oh, R.I.P. Atlas. That Malibu took us places. Mm-hmm. Good times. We're on bigger and better things now. I know. I love my new car, but like I said, I can finally remember the times in that Malibu. Memories. Yes. R.I.P. But yeah, so, but yeah, that was a... Uh, the Devil's Doorway. Mm-hmm. I definitely, like you said, learning a little more about the backstory, I can appreciate it more, but it's definitely like you got to watch it and you're, you know, make your own opinion. Yeah. It's a short watch, at least. You know, that's going to be the perk of it is hour, 16 minutes. You can hammer that out. No fucking problem. So like two hours. Not even. An hour and 16 minutes? It's literally an hour and 16 minutes. One six. So it's only 76 minutes. Yes. Math, Austin. Wow. <laughs> that is really fucking short. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it was very condensed. So, so yeah. If anything, it's short, so you don't have to spend a lot of time watching it. Quick, tell me your favorite weird part about it. Yes, send us messages. Write us emails. 
Hit us up in the DMs appropriately. We don't do no dick pics. You nasties. Put it away. Put Not that thing back where it came from. So, so help, help me. <laughs> so help me. So help me. Monster Zinc. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so like you said, that was that. Um, we're, we might be taking a week off next week. We'll see. It's my birthday, bish. Birthday, bish. Birthday, bish. So I might just give myself the week off. Yes. We'll yes, see, yes, though. Yes, yes. But you'll hear from us soon. Bye-bye now. Bye.